0: In fact, I love children's artwork because they don't know any better. Yeah. You know, their skies can be green and their people are out of proportion and all this kind of stuff. Right. It's awesome. Yeah. It's when they learn the rules that you're not supposed to do it like that. That's when creativity starts to collapse.
1: Hey, Al Anderson, welcome to episode 97 of The Command Voice. Today, I speak with the featured Artist of the Month of The Loft, for the month of June, please welcome Jason Otto. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Camino Voice Podcast, where I interview folks around Camino Island and beyond. If you wanna stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Alan and welcome to another episode of the Kamino Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. On this episode, I got to speak with Jason Otto, who is the featured artist of the month in the loft at Kamino Commons for the month of June in 2021. If you guys are listening to this in the future past that, then he's probably no longer the featured artist of the month Um uh, but he was in June. So anyways, um, I got to speak with him and, and go over all of his, uh, kind of his experience uh, as an artist. Uh, he's someone who has done art on and off throughout his life. Um, it's never really gone away, but it hasn't always been his like focus. Um, but after retiring from Boeing, which we'll talk about, um, he's decided to def- to pour more time and energy into his art. So he's really getting more into it. Um, he's also picked up some other hobbies, which have taken some of that time away. Um, but, uh, I got to see, you know, I've got to check out his art, both from his website and from his art that he's been bringing in to the loft. And it's really neat. I really enjoy it. Um, you'll kind of hear his explanation of like what he tries to convey in his art. And I think he does so very, very well. Um, also my background is a mechanical, mechanical, blah, engineer. And I really enjoyed his work that he did of the Boeing plant and like the motion. It's the, um, the, the planes being built and like the fuselage and the wings and, and different aspects of the plane, but not necessarily the completed. So um, <clears throat> he talks a little bit about this, like having that energy and that motion in the art. And I really feel like you get that when you're looking at some of these pieces. So anyways, uh, without further ado, here is my conversation with Jason Otto. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of The Command of Voice. Today, I'm here with the, the Featured Artist of the Month in the loft. Welcome to the podcast, Jason Otto. Thank you.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. So before we get started, tell us a little bit about Jason.
0: Oh, well, let's see. Um, I am celebrating my 35th anniversary here this weekend. Very Coming up, cool.
1: Congratulations. Yeah.
0: So my wife has lived in the Puget Sound uh, her whole life, and I've been here most of it. Okay. Um, We moved to Camino Island about three years ago. All right. uh, After being in Mukilteo for about 20 years and Everett in that area. Yeah. So, Yeah, it's a beautiful spot. I'm glad we moved up here. Nice. Yeah, other than that, um, so I I worked at Boeing for many years and recently retired from that. Okay. uh, Partly in order to try to uh, spend more time and resources on my art career. Yeah. However, I've also got addicted to playing golf, which has bitten into my time. But uh, Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, I'm sure other stuff will come out as we talk.
1: Yeah? Nice. So where did you grow up then?
0: Uh, I grew up... I was born in Palo Alto. Okay. In fact, I tell people I came out of Stanford because that's where I was born, at Stanford Hospital. Okay. So, uh, nice. But grew up in the... Um, kind of the Mojave Desert down in Southern California. Uh, moved to Oregon for a bit, lived in Alaska for a few years. Uh, but then after that, it was mostly the Puget Sound. So.
1: Okay. So what, what, kinda, what were your age groups that, that you were moving to these different places?
0: Uh, we moved out of the desert uh, up to um, Glendale, Oregon, and Grants Pass, Oregon, when I was around 10 years old. Okay. Yeah. And um, then my mom got remarried. And he f- found this job in Alaska.
1: Okay. What part of Alaska?
0: Well, first it was in Haines, Alaska. Really? We've got uh-huh. some friends that are up there. Oh, yeah. So, nice. And uh, after that, we moved to Kodiak.
1: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Very cool. We actually were just up there. Um, we went out to... Um, we went on a trip in uh, April, uh, me and two of my guy friends... And we stayed at a cabin out there and, uh, yeah, it was, the cabin's about an hour out of town, but it was, it was a lot of fun. It was beautiful up there. Oh,
0: on Kodiak? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. So were you guys living in the city then of Kodiak? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's only one city. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> on, the, on the edge of the mountains, but yeah, that's where we lived. And, uh, you know, I was younger. I didn't appreciate the scenery and I'm all sure. that and the culture was new to me and stuff. So, um, you know, I'm sure I didn't get all out of it that I should have, but yeah. it was kind of nice to get back to civilization again. <laughs> yes,
1: I'm sure. Well, as a kid, I, that was one of the things, uh, you know, we were we would uh, drive into town, you know, every couple of days or whatever. And um, it was one of those thoughts of like, man, everyone that's in Kodiak knows everyone that's in Kodiak. Like, sure. if you live there, like, you know everybody.
0: Yeah. It's, it's got, got to be kind made. of a
1: weird place to... To live. I mean, it's, it's neat, and you get a little of that on Kamano, but, like, Kodiak, like, there's not a drive-on part. It's, like, <laughs> everyone there is there.
0: Yeah, once you get there, you're kind of stuck, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. But, yeah, no, it's a beautiful area.
0: And, um, it is. Yeah.
1: yeah. Very cool. So then you guys moved. That's when you guys moved back, and you moved into the Pacific Northwest up in Washington?
0: Right. Yeah, I spent a little bit of time in the Bay Area um, trying to find a job, um, with and then some other... Weird circumstances came up where I came back up to Washington, met my wife, um, found some work up here, and then the rest is history. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. So uh, where did you go to school? Uh, So I went to elementary school and stuff down in California, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Alaska was – or junior high was uh, the Grants Pass area, southern Oregon. And then uh, high school – was in Alaska. Okay. So I graduated from high school from Kodiak. Okay. Yeah. Then um, went to Central Washington University Okay. in Ellensburg. Yeah. Uh, then uh, after that and I got married or actually right after that I guess I started taking some courses at Fuller Theological Seminary. Oh yeah. Uh, through Seattle. Okay. And eight years later or so I turned into a master's degree. Okay. So, <laughs> what was the actual degree in then? Uh, master's of Arts and theology. Okay. Nice. Did
1: you have a, were you planning on going into the ministry then or what were you kind of getting, going there for?
0: Um, I've always been active in the church and trying to do, um, I've taught some classes, you know, in that context and stuff, but, um, no, I never really had the calling or desire to go into a full-time ministry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was the art aspect of that, uh, degree or masters?
0: Uh, there wasn't any. Oh,
1: Okay. Oh, just, you
0: mean the art? I see. No, it's just a master's in theology. Oh, got I it, got it. it.
1: Okay, sorry about just that. An,
0: just an MA. <laughs> yeah. Got it.
1: Right. That makes sense. Yeah, that, that's like the Bachelor of Science and the Bachelor of Arts. Right, I right, get those. right. Yes. Um, okay. Um, and then, uh, so when you were getting into, was art something that like, as you've grown up, that was something you was big and important in your life? Or was that something that came on much later?
0: So my father... Was a um, full-time artist. Okay. Yeah, he painted in oils, and uh, he trained as a pharmacist, like his father was, and uh, once he discovered how much he loved (laughs) art, that became sort of a part-time gig for him and stuff, just to kind of make a living. But no, all growing up, he was 100% artwork. Wow. Uh, Very prolific in Southern Oregon, uh, Northern California area. Okay, what's his name? Curtis Otto. Curtis Otto. Yeah, he passed away a few years ago. Okay. But uh, pretty well-renowned there. When we walked down the street of Eureka, California with him, you know, people would yell, Hey, Otto! It's like he was a rock star, you (laughs) know? (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so that's, you know, and he never really pushed me to go into art. Mm -hmm. Um, He didn't, like, sit down and say, Here, let me show you how to do this or anything. Uh, But obviously I, you know, picked up some elements of what he Saw. Yeah. And so that's kind of how it all came around.
1: Okay. And was this something that you were doing like when you were younger?
0: Not really. Okay. No, I think um, I, the first painting I remember doing was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, <laughs> I just kind of did some different painting. I did some stuff for Long Acres Racetrack okay. when they were in business. So um, just doing some different stuff uh, along the way in college and things. But, uh, um, you know, kind of like now, I'm just trying to spend more time doing it. Because it's not just you need time to paint, but you Mm -hmm. also need time to market, get involved in the community, in the art world, and, um, you know, put your paintings up in different places like I'm doing here in the loft. Uh, So that all takes a lot of kind of resources and things. Right.
1: Well, and just like anything, um, it, it takes a lot of time to, like you have to learn it and like, you know, from classes or teachers or whoever, and then you've got to practice that. And then you've got to take a lot of time to learn and practice and then kind of integrate what you've learned. Mm-hmm. Um, so just the, the creation of the art itself takes a lot of time. And then, yeah, like yeah. you said, there's the marketing and all the other aspects.
0: Yeah, that's true. And, um, you know, I think what I got from my dad was an eye for design mm-hmm. and then, um, I, he really loved paint, and I love paint also. I yeah. mean, it's uh, for me the the images that I paint, and I like doing images. I like doing things that are recognizable, but I try to make them bigger than life. And so I like I like paint. I like I like paintings that show the brushwork and have some energy to them and things like that. Yeah, so, and he did um, some of that. I mean, our stuff is different but similar. So, okay. Uh, yeah, sometimes I do a painting and I can see his influence in it. But, nice. But uh, it's kind of different subject matter. And I use acrylics. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And he used oils. Yeah. Nice. Have you played around much with oils? Uh, some, yeah. Uh, what I really like about acrylics is um, they dry fast. Yeah. And when I paint, I paint pretty fast, pretty aggressively. Okay. Um, my paintings can take a long time to develop. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll go back, I'll set a painting aside and come back to it, you know, months or a year later, uh, to keep working on it until it's right. But um, when I do actually apply the paint to the canvas, I like working quick. Okay. And uh, I think that's part of where the kind of the energy of it comes from. Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know. Okay. How do you decide when? you're ready to be done with a painting
0: (laughs) yeah that's a good question um sometimes they come together sometimes they don't it's really i I don't know i can i look at it and i just want it to i want two things to happen one is i want it to be cohesive Mm -hmm. design wise um not just a splattering of stuff but at the same time i want it to have a lot of energy and kind of dynamic flow to it stuff that you know i couldn't even have um pretended to have known in advance mm-hmm. you know uh so when i i don't know when i know i'm done i just it's like sometimes i'll sit a painting down and i'll look at it and i'll make one change and i'll set it back down make one small change i don't know, i just know when it's flowing perfectly together
1: yeah that's <laughs> very hard to cool explain yeah <laughs> no and i do think that you know there's definitely especially within the arts uh there's a lot of intuition and it's very hard yeah. to like scientifically say well when this happens it's done. right so
0: right nice yeah it's definitely not um i don't stop when it looks like the real picture i mm-hmm. want it to look bigger than life yeah I want it to be different than that so yeah yeah it's something else
1: nice so, um, because you, you keep talking about this aspect of, like, you want your f- uh, pictures to be bigger than life and have that aspect, how much of that is drawn from your experience at Boeing?
0: Hmm. What's well, interesting, because uh, I started doing the Boeing assembly plant paintings when I was working there.
1: Mm-hmm. I've
0: done quite a few of those and had some pretty good success uh, with them. The, the thing that I, I loved about the factory, because I had to walk I was in IT, so okay. I did computing stuff. Yep. But I, ha- I was in the middle of the factory almost my whole career there. And okay. so I'd have to walk through the factory every day to get to my desk. And the cool part of the factory is just this constant buzz and energy going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I found the, the process of building the airplane a lot more interesting than the finished product. Okay. Um, so I've done very few paintings of actual... Built airplanes, yeah, except maybe on by commission or something like that, but I love the manufacturing plant and the process going on, yeah, and so um i what I try to do there is just trying to depict some of that energy that's happening when you that walk through there that pulses through the factory, yeah so, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, and and so I spent a little bit of time in the Boeing factory of South Carolina for about oh, yeah. uh, eight months. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with a company called Janicky, and uh, we were contracted down there. So we would fly out there and everyone was on like six to eight month rotations. Um, but that was one of those aspects of like, and also Boeing's one of those companies that has a you know, day swing and night shift. So it's right. literally never not moving. Right. And so no matter what time of day or what time you're working, there's always motion, there's always activity, there's always noise of something going on. And um, yeah, I feel like that was something that was really interesting of being in a company like that, that yeah. size. And um, and then that larger-than-life aspect, I thought, was really interesting that you were talking about in your photos, because uh, or in your paintings, because that was the thing I felt when you were at Boeing. If you ever walk the floor down there, you are the planes are out of scale to what your mind is even oh, saying they are. They're huge. And yeah. yeah. And so when you're, you're walking on the floor, you're like, that's big. Like, yeah. You understand that it's big. But <laughs> it's when a semi-truck pulls up next to it and it looks like a toy car <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that you realize how massive these things are.
0: Yeah, I think it was a 787 stretch or one of those that I walked by. And I went, you know, it's amazing these to get off the ground and go... <laughs> break in half they're so big so Mm -hmm. long yeah it's it's something else yeah so was the the images and
1: stuff that you had from Boeing were those something that you had in your mind did you have pictures that you were drawing from what did you have there
0: yeah well they kind of frowned upon setting up an easel yes (laughs) factory floor or of even taking photographs right really clamped down on that so a lot of it is from um, uh, stock footage uh, pictures I had taken when I was able to yeah uh, things like that You know it's interesting because um so my dad he would paint live okay and only live what I do I paint almost totally from photographs okay I'll visit the site I'll take the photographs in most cases um so I get a feel for it Mm -hmm. but to me once I get the image down then I can kind of go to work okay so um you know things like I'll even do paintings from black and white Sometimes, okay. Yeah. and uh, just ex- explore it from there and uh, improvise and do whatever i want okay um so with boeing uh you know i knew the factory i knew the buzz the feeling um and all i needed was to get some images mm-hmm. um, that i could work off of yeah so
1: nice have you done any like plein air events or things like that where you are just painting live
0: uh a few but not very many okay no yeah.
1: So is it the, do you really enjoy like having that, like kind of that stillness of being like in your studio and being able to like really think about how you're going to put it together?
0: I think so. Even if I did, um, you know, live painting like that, I think I would just, I'd end up getting the imagery down okay, and the composition down. And then I would go back to the studio and kind of experiment and okay. see what it looked like. So it's, you know, either way it's gonna be quite a process. Yeah. Um, as I work on it and make changes and think about it and stuff like that. Yeah. Very cool. So when did you actually so we talked a little bit about like that you
1: started in art a little bit later. When did you actually start like start painting and all of that?
0: So um I painted like I said, I think my first painting was in high school. Okay. And um uh Yeah, you know, I can't... It's hard to define exactly how it progressed from there or evolved. Um, I've just always painted some. Okay. uh, Maybe just not as much as I have the last 10 years or 15 years or so. Yeah.
1: So when you started doing it at Boeing... Not at Boeing, but like of the Boeing plant and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. was that like you had not really been painting for a while and then you were like, I'm going to try this out? Or how did that kind of come about?
0: No, I was always painting... um, Mm -hmm. Like I said, uh, the stuff for, like, the racetrack, my sister was a racehorse jockey. Okay. So uh, I found the the whole atmosphere of the racetrack interesting. Yeah. So I did some paintings there, and that was in my early college days. Okay. So, um, you know, and I I was trying to get those paintings hung and displayed and sold and had some success with that. So it's been ongoing. Got it. There was never a time when I, you know, didn't paint. Yeah. Uh, It's just... uh, you know, you just have to have the time to do it. Right. So, yeah. Um, it's just been here you know, the last. Well, I mean, not even. I don't want to say I wasn't doing it, and then all of a sudden I did. It's just I've I've been more conscious of painting more and trying to um, get a, sta- a little more established, mm-hmm. uh, a little more known, and um, marketing and display.
1: Yeah. Nice. Has there been anyone or any, um, courses or anything that you've taken that have really helped you, uh, progress in your
0: painting? Yeah, it's funny. I, um, I think I've only taken two art classes in my life. Okay. Uh, so most of it is just, um, instinct, Mm -hmm. I guess. And that can be good or bad because, (laughs) um, you know, the more laws or more rules, you know, about painting or artwork, it can kind of be detrimental. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I love children's artwork because they don't know any better. Yeah. You know, their skies can be green and their people are out of proportion and all this kind of stuff. Right. It's awesome. Yeah. It's when they learn the rules that you're not supposed to do it like that. That's when creativity starts to collapse. hmm So um, not knowing, you know, all the science behind artwork and all of that kind of stuff has been helpful, I think. Yeah. Uh, but yet at the same time, I obviously have some eye for it. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, it would just be kind of a jumbled mess. So, um, but yeah, I didn't really take a whole lot of courses. Obviously, I was influenced by my dad. Yeah. Um, I loved the pop artists when I was younger. I remember like Andy Warhol and okay. those guys. Um, I thought their stuff was really creative. Nice. In fact, what I liked about it was it was all about the idea and kind of the design, and less so about um, how it was produced. Okay, which is kind of funny because I just ended up saying that I love the paint also. <laughs> so I'm kind of a mix between yeah. them. <laughs> yeah,
1: nice. Um, so <clears throat> you guys lived in Machelteo in that area. How did you guys figure uh, like find out about Camino, and when did you guys kind of decide to move up?
0: Yeah, it's a kind of a weird story. Um, my wife. Uh, it had a friend who was in Utah. Okay. And uh, this friend asked her to, you know, kind of look for houses up here because they were going to move back up. Okay. And um, so she found this house on Camino for them. And while she was at it, she discovered <laughs> <laughs> our house. <laughs> uh, and uh, anyway, it just seemed like a good time. Uh, the market in Mukilteo was out of control. So yeah. You know, so things were less expensive up here. Um, and a much nicer place to hang out. Yeah. That's kind of how that worked. And yeah, I haven't regretted it. It's great. Very cool. So then did you, when did you retire from Boeing then? Uh, I think it's been four years. Okay. Four or five years. Okay. Nice. Yep. And then been on Camino Island for three years. Okay.
1: Nice. And then, uh, yeah. Did you really start, decide to like, I know you've been painting throughout this, but like I guess, was it when you were still at Boeing that you really started, like, painting really consistently, or has it been more since retirement?
0: Um, yeah, I think probably uh, during Boeing I was painting, I wouldn't say consistently, uh, not as much as I do now. Okay. Uh, so I'd say after retirement, um, I decided that's, I wanted to, you know, really get into it and yeah. see how far I could get with it. Nice. Very cool.
1: And how has that process been for you?
0: Uh, it's been great. Um, like I said, I've been distracted by some other hobbies (laughs) (laughs) that I've picked up. I'm, I'm really very, I'm interested in a lot of different things. So, um, I don't think I could do art 24 hours a day. Right. Um, I don't know how healthy that is anyway. <laughs> so, for example, golfing a lot, I've done some paintings of the golf course. Okay. So, you know, you got to kind of get out there and experience different things so you can um, try to put them on canvas. Yeah. But, yeah, it's been a great experience. And um, I'm, I'm a member of the uh, uh, Stanwood Camino Arts Guild. Okay. And that's been terrific. Great group of artists. And uh, they offer some nice outlets for displaying pieces. Yeah. And, so it's been fun to meet uh, the artist community here.
1: Nice. Very cool. And then are you part of the uh, studio art tour that's
0: coming up in June? I'm not. Okay. No. I'll have uh, some paintings, hopefully, at the uh, Yolden Gallery in Stanwood. Okay. Which is kind of part of that tour. Right. Right. Um, I was at Beach One Gallery uh, down at the Camino Country Club. Yep. Uh, just last month, and I was there um, a couple of years ago when the... the uh, Studio tour was going on, so okay. I try to take part in it some way, but I'm not, I'm not part of the tour itself. It's yes. Just me, you know. Yeah. Not yet, anyway. Okay.
1: <laughs> nice. Very cool. And then, um, and then, so talk about the pieces that you're bringing to the loft, then.
0: Okay, so uh, I have one Boeing piece. Okay. That I brought in. Um, engines are cool, mm-hmm. so it has to do with it is an engine hang with a worker in there. Uh, I like getting people into my paintings. People are very interesting, Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, I do that. And um, I have a couple of ferry boat ones. Um, okay. I've done quite a few of those are kind of neat. Yeah. Uh, I have kind of a spiritual one of a young gal. Okay. Um, you'll have to see it. To, uh, I mean, it's hard to explain. But, yeah. Um, Is
1: there there's kind of a feeling or story behind that one?
0: There, Well, it's an idea. Uh, I've done a couple of them. So, yeah, I'll go ahead and tell you what my thinking was. Okay. Yeah. Um, So the thinking was, uh, is it normal people in kind of desperate situations, people we would normally not have any contact with, uh, maybe people in the margins. Um, What I've done is I've taken some of those images and I've put halos on them. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, I did one uh, that I, it's not here, but, it's a guy who obviously has some issues and he, I put a halo on him and I put some angelic beings kind of above him. Yeah. So it's kind of this idea that, um, there's something precious in all people. Yeah. Uh, even if we don't recognize it, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting thought. Yeah. So that's what I did with the, it was a young gal, young girl who obviously is living in poverty, yeah, um, it comes from a picture my sister took down in uh, it's either Mexico or Costa Rica or okay. somewhere in South America like that. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, so it's a concept because um, uh, you know I try to I've thought of ways of maybe trying to introduce some spirituality. Yeah, into paintings, but I don't want to be too. I don't know. It, it, I always like a little sense of mystery mm-hmm. in artwork. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think, I mean, I think art inherently is, to some degree, spiritual, I think, um, because it is a pouring out of the spirit of the artist that's creating it. I think that's been seen in so many of the paintings, the artists that we've had up in the loft, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, each of them have their own feeling of what they're going for with their artwork. And, um, you know, I think that all comes from them, that them, you know, their spirit of like, this is what I'm really trying to convey here. Yeah. And so I think art is kind of a physical representation of what their spirit is kind of trying to show.
0: Yeah, and it's a creative outlet. You know, it's a um so I've heard different authors and philosophers talk about how artwork is it's a it's like a mimicking of creation. Yeah. You know. So yeah. yeah. Very there's cool. a lot of truth to that. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think it's it's really neat too like that aspect of what you're saying is just um you know, every human life is just important and, mm-hmm. and that we forget that because we, you know, we're busy in our lives and the people that are important to us are our family and our friends that we see, or maybe like, you know, the CEO or president or whatever, like these, we, these high figures, but it's, it's not like every human life from the bottom to the top is important. And I think we, you know, I think any reminder of that is, yeah. is a good reminder.
0: Yeah, I think so. It's not that we would say otherwise normally. I think we just don't, deal with it i mean we just don't see it Mm -hmm. you know so yeah it is a reminder that there's other people out there and even though even though they're kind of hands off you know and you may not want (laughs) to you'd be maybe afraid to get involved with them uh there there's a value there Mm -hmm. yeah
1: yeah no i think that's a great reminder for for all of us so very cool um and then do you have other art shows that you guys that you're going to be involved with as we go into summer and stuff like that that you're aware of
0: uh, I'm going to be, I, I had a, um, well, I'm at, right now I'm at the Linwood Convention Center. Mm. Uh, that's a beautiful place for artwork, and um, they've done a great job of having some shows there. I've done that a couple of times. Uh, nice big paintings, because they have huge walls. Okay. Yeah, so that's really a nice spot. <clears throat> uh, I have a sh- um, painting going up in the shack, Art Gallery in Everett, Okay. show coming up. Um, I always take part in the gilded gallery shows uh i was on the schedule to have a, a one-man show at the rose hill community center in Mukotillo. okay uh so that would be a big show but because of covid i'm not really sure what's happening with oh
1: that. okay
0: uh, yeah so i haven't heard back on whether that's still on or not okay
1: were there a lot of shows or things that you had scheduled out that got canceled due to covid
0: not really okay uh the gilded Gallery's done a remarkable job of keeping these shows something going some yeah. shows going even during you know the last six months or eight months yeah um but yeah and i have paintings um i have them in banks and uh i have some in the mucco chamber of commerce okay um you know i've had nice. shows at the uh fu- the future of flight museum in everett okay next to boeing oh very cool so yeah i've had a lot of uh opportunities to to show stuff nice very cool
1: all right well we like to end every podcast with some rapid fire questions okay all right so the first one is (laughs) what purchase of a hundred dollars or less have you enjoyed the most in the last three months
0: yeah so i bought a um iphone charging pad oh okay yeah and it was it's life changing because first <laughs> of all, I didn't know my iPhone being the model it was would even work on that. Mm-hmm. So when I found that out, I went, wow, that's cool because the charging pod, yeah, you know, always goes out and it gets yes. gunk in there. And yep. Anyway, it was awful. It was a chore to charge it. And Anyway, the charging pad is miraculous. Yeah, Cheap, really cheap too. Yeah. So yeah, that's been great.
1: Yeah, that's (laughs) awesome. Yeah, that's what I find too. I love the fact that there's a wireless charging because I ran into the same issue. Like, it'd be like, put the cord in, and technically it's reversible, but like, it ends up being like (laughs) only one way works.
0: Yeah, you gotta keep (laughs) jiggling it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I knew about charging pads, but I didn't know it would work on my phone. Yeah. So it was great. Very cool. So there you go. Nice. All
1: right, pretend you have a friend coming from out of town. What would their first day look like here?
0: Hmm. So we have a nice uh, little back gazebo thing uh, with some swinging chairs. My wife got their, I think they're called Hawaiian chairs or something, but they hang from the beam and they kind of swing. So we'd probably uh, give him time to relax from his trip and hang out there for a little bit. Uh, After that, we'd have to take him to... Some of the beaches, maybe Kama Beach. Yeah. And, of course, the Camino Coffee Roasters Yeah. is a must-do. <laughs> must Very cool. All right.
1: Who's <laughs> an interesting or fascinating person in this community that I should interview next?
0: Uh, yeah, I've thought about that. So I don't know if you've ever interviewed um, Val Paul Taylor. No. He is the uh, president of the uh, Stanwood Camino Arts Guild. Okay. And a really interesting guy, very knowledgeable, has a great depth of uh, understanding of art and history. I think he taught art. Um, He does some, he was a graphic artist and he does some pretty out there kind of uh, paintings. Quite different than mine. Okay. But definitely a very fascinating individual to talk to.
1: Nice. Very (laughs) cool. Thank you. Yeah. All right. And lastly, if you could have a message on a billboard right on Kamano Island, what would that say? Uh,
0: (laughs) This is a hard one. Um, It is a hard one. (laughs) I searched my Bob Dylan lyrics memory bank because I'm a big Bob Dylan fan. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, there's a quote from Martin Luther King Mm -hmm. that says something like, um, or Martin Luther King Jr., I should say. Yeah. That says, uh, well, actually, it would be Martin Luther King Jr., but... Um, it says, uh, something like, um, choose love because hate is too heavy of a burden to bear. Mm. Something like that. Yeah. So I don't know. No, (laughs) I
1: think that's a really good one, especially in today's world of just all the stuff we're seeing going on and everything. Yeah. So
0: it is a burden. It's better to lighten up.
1: Yes. Very cool.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. It's been great fun.
1: Yeah. All right. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. All right, thanks. Well, a big thank you to Jason Otto for joining me on the podcast, and thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us be found by other Islanders like yourself. And for more information on this episode, you can go to CominoCommons.com slash EP97. That's CominoCommons.com slash EP97.